0: For December 11th, 2023, and uh, we'll start off by doing the roll call.
1: Oh, um, Pledge of Allegiance? Oh! I know, it's, it's easy to miss.
0: Pledge of Allegiance. It's there. Teresa. I pledge
2: allegiance to the, to the flag, flag of the United, United States, States of America, America and to the republic, republic for which, which it stands, stands. one, one nation, nation under God. God.
0: Indivisible with with liberty liberty and justice justice for all. Thank you. Thank you, staff, for a reminder. That's what I get for just rushing in. Now we'll have the roll call.
1: Yes. Uh, Board Member Sue. Present. Board Member Ruiz. Here. Uh, Board Member Saheba is uh, excused, I believe. Uh, Board Member Cisneros. Here. Looks like board member Ariza is uh, late or absent. Uh, board member Wang, here. and President Hum,
0: here. We have uh, th- a quorum. This time, I'd like to uh, welcome our two brand new board members, uh, uh, board member Sue and board member Wang. And if you would like to say a few words about yourself, that would be a good time. I'll start with board member Sue
3: uh sure uh good evening everybody um happy to be here uh i'm excited to to serve uh with you all on the planning board and to um you know hear input from the public on on these important uh projects and issues you know in the city um in my professional uh life i'm a a land use and sequel attorney mostly uh so dealing with a lot of the things that we'll, we'll be facing so um but yeah i'll leave it at that thank you
0: okay thank you great to have you and board member wang
4: uh, thank you. Uh, very excited to be here. Um, likewise, um, my family and I are relatively new to Alameda, but love it here very much. Um, my day job in, uh, is uh, working in uh, mixed use development around the Bay Area. Uh, so very excited to uh, dig in to the work that we have ahead of us here.:
0: It's great have, Great to have you on board.. Thanks. And uh, we now have a full planning board again, which is wonderful. So moving on, um, any agenda changes? Staff, no.
1: One? Nothing from no. us, no.
0: Okay, all right. Then we will move forward to non-agenda public comments. So anyone may speak for three minutes regarding any item that's not on the agenda. And uh, I'd like to read a statement first before we begin. The city welcomes speakers providing public comments, but please be advised that this is a limited public forum. As such, speakers must stay on topic if speaking on a particular agenda item. And if speaking during non-agenda public comments, they must address matters within the the subject matter jurisdiction of the city. If a speaker fails to follow these rules, they will be warned, and if they continue to disregard the rules, their opportunity to speak will be ended. So just wanted to make you make uh, the public aware of that. Uh, staff, do we have any speakers for non-agenda public comments?
5: Yes, we have two speakers in chambers. Um, first up is Shelby Sheehan.
6: Hi there. So I have been commenting a lot lately about some of the recent projects that have been going around. And my, my theme, as I said before, is um, Compliance with the of the regulations in the historic district, and it boils down to um, the purview of the historical advisory board, and that certificates of approval are supposed to be um, issued or reviewed, and maybe not issued by the historical advisory board. But they have been prevented from doing so lately. None of these projects have been have been reviewed by the historical advisory board for certificates of approval. The Alameda Point EIR specifically states that any project in this in the um, historic district must undergo that pro, the, uh, that pro, the, a pro, that process, and the historic preservation code also says that. Uh, right now, the planning department, uh, the secretary of the historical advisory board, is the director of the planning department. I think. Um, or maybe the assistant, anyway, I think it's Henry Dong or Alan Tai right now, and they have sole control over their agenda. They don't let the, the, the board see any of the permits unless they give them to them. They uh, have permits that don't have the proper box checked. If it's on city property, um, the one if, if it's in the historic district, you're supposed to check a box. Does this need a certificate of approval? They have permits that ha- don't have those checked. Um, all of the projects that are here tonight have not had review yet, so um, and they're not planning on doing it. So my my first um, aside from that, overall, I just want to make you aware that that the historical advisory board is supposed to have the authority to um, protect all the historic resources. Yet, and the p- planning board is there is supposed to. Facilitate them in doing that, but instead they're withholding information. And like I said, they they alone control their agenda. The historical advisory board can't even control their own agenda. They wanted to have a an item on their agenda. I requested it, and they asked about it. And uh, in September, about the maintenance of the big whites, and uh, they were they the planning staff refused to put it on the agenda. So this is a terrible miscarriage, and um, it's resulting in. Terrible negative impacts, and um, uh, the 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 Citizen Oversight Board is supposed to be uh, supervising the Planning Department. Instead, they're being subordinate to the Planning Department, and that's just had a real big problem. So please keep that in mind tonight as you review these projects. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.
0: And
5: next speaker is Doug Biggs.
7: Good evenings here, Hom, and members of the board, and welcome to the brand new board members. My name's Doug Biggs. I'm primarily here for something else, but while I'm here, I wanted to provide you a quick update on the McKay Avenue Wellness Project, which was before this planning board numerous times in both applications and appeals, and the planning board uh, supported every single effort that we brought forward. We uh, finished abatement a couple weeks ago. We broke ground or started demolition about two weeks ago. We'll complete demolition at the end of next week, AND SITE CLEARANCE AND THEN WE'LL BEGIN uh, NEW CONSTRUCTION uh, AROUND DECEMBER 26TH. WE'RE JUST SO GRATEFUL FOR THE SUPPORT WE'VE GOTTEN WITH CITY STAFF, WITH THE PLANNING BOARD, MOST importantly WITH THE COMMUNITY AT WHOLE. THANK YOU VERY MUCH. OKAY, THANK YOU. ANY OTHER PUBLIC COMMENTS?
5: NO OTHER SPEAKERS.
0: OKAY, GREAT. AND THEN um, WE'LL MOVE ON TO AGENDA ITEM FOUR, WHICH IS THE CONSENT CALENDAR. The only item we have on the consent calendar is item 4A, which is the draft minutes from October 23rd, 2023. Um, are there any amendments or changes by board members? I'll
8: okay. move to approve. Okay.
0: Move to approve by uh, Vice President Sonaros and second it? I second. Second by board member Ruiz. Um, let's see. Do we need a quorum to approve the minutes
9: you do Um, because there isn't a quorum here that attended that meeting um, what we could do is uh, ask for a volunteer either bring it back at the next meeting or ask for a volunteer from a new member of the planning board to review the video and be able at the next meeting to vote uh, as to the accuracy of the minutes
0: okay WELL, MY SUGGESTION MAYBE JUST CARRY IT OVER TO THE NEXT MINUTE, UNLESS THERE'S SOME URGENCY FOR US TO ADOPT THE MINUTES.
7: THAT SOUNDS LIKE A GOOD PLAN.
0: OKAY. OKAY. WE'LL, we'll CONTINUE THE MINUTES TO THE NEXT um, SCHEDULE BOARD MEETING. SO WITH THAT, WE'RE GOING TO MOVE ON TO A REGULAR AGENDA ITEMS. SO THE FIRST ITEM ON THE AGENDA IS THE um, Item 5A, and it has to do with the Alameda Point Festing tentative map track 8696 96, um, regarding a public hearing to approve a resolution, a subdivision of a 160-acre 160 uh, city-owned parcel into 23 parcels. So I see our former community development director <laughs> here can't get, <laughs> I can't get enough. Can't get enough. I just have
10: a few little things I got to wrap up. <laughs> yes. <Please.
1: laughs> yes. This is my
10: last planning board meeting. So oh, Thank you for indulging mm, me. No, um, I I, uh, we want you at more two, meetings. <laughs> two relatively easy items tonight. Um, the item before you is uh, a tentative map. Um, this is a uh, map proposing to subdivide city-owned land um, uh, into smaller parcels. SO THAT THAT LAND CAN BE CONVEYED TO FUTURE DEVELOPMENT OF THESE AREAS. Um, SPECIFICALLY, THE MAP IS DESIGNED TO um, HELP IMPLEMENT THE WEST MIDWAY PROJECT, WHICH THE PLANNING BOARD AND CITY COUNCIL APPROVED, AND THE RESHAPE PROJECT, WHICH THE um, PLANNING BOARD AND CITY COUNCIL APPROVED. THOSE PROJECTS AS APPROVED HAVE VERY DETAILED PHASING PLANS, AND THE DISPOSITION AND DEVELOPMENT AGREEMENTS HAVE VERY DETAILED AND a set of milestones um, that dictate when land will be transferred from city ownership into private ownership for each of those two projects. And then at your last meeting, um, the planning board approved a development plan for the food bank's proposal. Um, the next step in that project is to go to city council with a disposition and sale agreement. That's not yet approved yet. But what this map is doing is taking a very large parcel the city owns, which is covers, as you can see on the left, most of, um, or two thirds of, of the historic district. Um, it's this giant parcel, um, 160 acres. That's, it came to us from the Navy in that form. And then you can see on the drawing on the right with all the little red lines, just in a portion in the bottom right hand corner there that's where the west midway reshape and food bank projects are located so we're dividing those up because we anticipate um transferring those parcels in the near future over the next four to five to six years to the west midway project to the reshape project and if the council approves um the food bank purchase and sale agreement, then we've also created the parcel for that sale with this map. As you can see, um, there will be future subdivisions of this large parcel as the city and the council and the planning board make more decisions about the disposition of land to the north of West Midway. Um, But at this point, this map is just designed for those three projects. Um, I so just this, as I said, this is a city is the applicant. And so the city is applying to for a tentative map to subdivide its own property um, and with that I'm, I'm available to answer any questions
0: questions from board members no questions okay at, at this point um i guess there's no applicant other than the city is the applicant so
10: i'll, I'll serve as <laughs> applicant as well as okay. presenter.
0: okay all right Uh, At this point, we open it up to public hearing. Do we have any uh, public speakers?
5: Yes, we have two speakers in person so far. Uh, First is Karen Bay.
11: Good evening, President Um, Tom, members of the planning board and staff. Um, My name is Karen Bay. I am excited to be here tonight to show support for the West Midway Project and the Reshape Project tentative map approvals. I do want to disclose that I worked for Catella several years ago when I was in my 20s. That was a little while ago. But tonight I am here as a 40-year resident of Alameda. And i very excited that we have reached this step. Um, I want to remind everyone that it's been 26 years since the Navy closed the space. However, we've made some significant achievements to move this development forward. We have an approved housing element and the related uh, zoning amendments. Um, We have a, a general plan 2040 and we have an approved development agreement as well as an approved vision strategy. So I think we were ready to move on to the next steps. The subdivision of the 160 parcel that has been entitled for mixed use is the next steps towards achieving this goal. In closing, I want to remind everyone also that this developer, this project, has an, a 50% affordable unit. Um, which is a major achievement. No other developers on this island can say that. Um, so I'm really proud that we've made such an achievement. Um, so I encourage the, uh, you to move forward with the approval of the tentative maps and um, so that we can move Alameda Point forward. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Ms.
6: Bay. And uh, another speaker.
5: Next speaker, Shelby Sheehan.
6: Hi, I've been asked to notify you guys that the Zoom link isn't working, or at least it wasn't working for the person who told me. And so um, apparently that's a Brown Act violation, so just so you should know, hopefully you can fix it. Um, can I look at the the map again? Can that be put back up? Um, okay, uh, first of all, uh, uh, this other speaker said that there's a 50% uh, affordable housing uh, in one of the developments. Now, that sounds good, but that, that's also also called oversaturation. So um, Alameda Point is not supposed to be a dumping ground for the affordable housing. It's supposed to be spread out. So I would um, say it might be a lofty goal, but it's going to result in um, a lot of negative impacts and it's an overconcentration that it, I think is might even be illegal, but anyway, um, what I wanted to say is uh, this map should also go before the Historical Advisory Board um, and have their comment on it because it <coughs> involves the Historic District and all of Navy Point actually should go to the Historic Advisory Board. So for that reason, I don't think it should be approved tonight. And then also, I noticed that some of the uh, parcel uh, outlines, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it goes outside the, it includes inside and outside the Historic District. So, um, I'm not sure if that's appropriate because different development standards would would happen there and um, I don't think they're going to be single developers either. Um, I also, you know, the other uh, things, uh, the final uh, projects aren't for Reshape and West Midway aren't actually approved and either is the one for the food bank parcel. So all of this is a little bit premature. And should be really combed through with a, a fine tooth comb to see if it's compliant with all the other regulations in the area. Thank you.
0: Okay, um, thank you for your comments. Um, any other public comments?
5: No hands raised, no more speaker slips.
0: Okay. Um, at this point, open it up to board questions. Or oh, not board questions, board comments. Yes, uh, board member
2: Ruiz. I move to approve the tentative map. It's moved, and do we have a second?
3: Second.
0: Okay. Uh, seconded by board member Sue. So, if there's a no further discussion, we'll take a vote. All. DO WE um, STAFF, DO WE HAVE A PUBLIC SPEAKER ON THIS ITEM? We'll, we'll re, IF THERE IS, I'LL REOPEN THE PUBLIC HEARING TO ALLOW THE OPPORTUNITY FOR THIS PERSON TO SPEAK, ASSUMING THEY ARE INTERESTED IN SPEAKING ON ITEM 5A. I,
5: I DO HAVE ONE PHONE NUMBER IN THE ATTENDEES LIST. I'M HAPPY TO TRY TO ALLOW THEM TO TALK IF THEY ARE ABLE TO SPEAK. If
0: They, um, were they calling in or?
5: Yeah, they're, they're calling in and I don't know if our clerk uh, staff has the code for unmuting yourself. Yeah, I've, I've tried to ask them to unmute. And allowed them to talk, but nothing yet.
0: They're not able.
5: Sounds right. I think it's star six potentially. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't appear to be working for them.
0: Okay. Unfortunately, um, the person cannot. Link into this meeting for public comments. So, apologize for that. But uh, with that, I'll go ahead and close the public hearing again. And let's kind of reintroduce the motion just for (laughs) formality, I think.
2: Sure. I move to approve the tentative map.
0: Okay. Moved by Board Member Louise. Second. Oh, and seconded by board member Sue. So, all in favor? Please say aye. 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 Uh, any not in favor or nay? None. No extensions. So, the tentative map is approved on a vote of five zero. Okay. Well, we'll move on to the next item, which is item five B. which is a public hearing to consider a resolution approving amendments to the rebuilding the existing support of housing at Alameda point called reshape development plan. And uh, recommending approval of amendments to the reshape developer agreement uh, to increase the number of housing units. So with with that staff once again.
10: (laughs) This is the final final. (laughs) Um, Hi Andrew Thomas, City of Alameda. Um, I'll just quickly summarize um, what's going on with this one. So this is um, in, in May of this year, uh, the Planning Board approved the re, what we call the reshaped development plan. Um, for, And this is page 13 of that plan. Um, and it is essentially one of many of the pages. And it describes on this page that um, this plan is designed for 309 residential units, um, a minimum of, 301, which will be uh, very low or low income. Um, And then two weeks later, the planning board approved the West Midway project, which is the companion project to this. Um, And the two of them together, West Midway Reshape, will be the goal is to have 40% very low and low income, which is a extraordinary percentage. Um, And uh, we... um, And that's for, um, so anyway, we approved the uh, planning board approved the reshaped development plan um, on May 8th. Then on May 22nd, uh, the planning board approved the uh, companion West Midway development plan, the one right next door. Uh, The two projects are um, interdependent. Um, And then on July 17th, the council approved uh, both projects together and the disposition and development agreement uh, uh, for both of those. BETWEEN THE PLANNING BOARD MEETINGS AND THE FINAL CITY COUNCIL HEARINGS, STAFF REALIZED THAT WE HADN'T QUITE DONE THE MATH RIGHT, Um, AND IT WAS ABOUT THESE MANAGER UNITS, THINKING THROUGH THE MANAGER UNITS AREN'T TECHNICALLY VERY LOW AND LOW. SO WHEN WE REDID THE MATH, WE REALIZED, OH, THIS PROJECT NEEDS TO BE SLIGHTLY BIGGER. WE WANT TO GET MORE VERY LOW AND LOW UNITS BECAUSE WE HAD BEEN COUNTING THE MANAGER UNITS AS PART OF THE VERY LOW AND LOW. AND WE TOLD THE COUNCIL THAT IN OUR WRITTEN STAFF REPORT AND THE DISPOSITION AND DEVELOPMENT AGREEMENT WITH RESHAPE, WHICH IS THIS APPLICANT, um, ACTUALLY INCLUDES A PROVISION THAT THE COUNCIL APPROVED IN THE AGREEMENTS THAT THE COUNCIL APPROVED SAYING, YES, this reshape will make a good faith effort to come back to the planning board and amend the plan so that we it's not 309 total units but 332 total units. So the math works. So this is really a, just a cleanup um, item for us. Um, obviously, um, we do want to achieve the 40% very low and low when you combine the two projects. Um, and of course, from our perspective, um, affordable housing is something that is desperately needed in this city, and more units is a very good thing. Um, It also, when you add the new units, the the density of this project is, I think I said in the staff report, very comparable to the density of the multifamily housing you'd see on uh, Shoreline Drive. Um, So it's very Alameda compatible from staff's perspective. So with that, I'm available to answer any questions.
0: Questions from any board members? Oh, uh, I saw, let's see, okay, 5% scenarios. Uh,
8: yeah, no, thank you, um, uh, I, I'll be honest, I didn't like dig through the development agreement, but um, uh, is a 40% um, is a legit, like more so of a goal because my understanding is that the, on the point on the base, like 25% is like that higher level goal, um, so if, like I guess it was just it seems like this was just to um, a good faith effort to abide by that stated goal and not nothing this isn't necessarily required in like a regulatory or documented way is that
10: it is important for the surplus lands. Mm -hmm. Okay. Findings that the council made in July. Um, The um, by hitting the 40% and so you're right there's a citywide inclusionary requirement of 15%. So you got to make sure that and that's for very low, low, and moderate. So you have to make sure those numbers all work when looking at the two projects together, whether they're a pair. Um, and then we have the Alameda Point, 25% requirement for very low, low, and moderate. So different numbers to so make sure it works there. Um, for Surplus Lands Act, um, we are trying to hit a 40%, but it's not 40% very low, low, and moderate. It's 40% very low and low. Mm-hmm. And this project can get, we were right there. We were just off a couple percentage points mm-hmm. um, because um, uh, the collaborating partners in Reshape, that's what they do. They build very low and low. So we have, a very, we have a high percentage of very low and low units in this project, much more so than you would see, let's say, in Site A or any of the other projects at Alameda Point. Um, because it's this sort of a hybrid project between a market rate developer and, a, and, and Reshape. Mid pen,
8: got it. Um, and I agree, this is the way to go, and um, to uh, reconfigure the project so it meets that forty percent. But um, is this project and projects on the basis? I thought there was a like a law that was recently passed by Mia Bonta that exempted um, certain projects from a Surplus mm-hmm. Land Act. So is that? Um, is this technically exempt or? Um...
10: So the way, the way the surplus land exemptions work, you uh, draft your findings as a city, whether you are compliant with a, um, with any of the uh, surplus land exemptions within the state law. Um, one of them is this, I'll call it the 40% rule. The other is the special legislation we, we received for Alameda Point, um, which is really just focused on Alameda Point has a whole bunch of criteria. Um, I mean, just to be honest with you, we were moving fast. We were like, hey, we sent our draft resolution to um, HCD after the planning board meeting, but before the council meeting. They looked at it, and they are like, Alameda, really? You want us to check two different exemptions? Pick one. Mm. And why don't you pick the one that we're really used to, the 40%, because that's really quick for us to do. And we looked at our pro- We were like, oh, we, we were thinking we'd use the special Alameda one, which they had never dealt with before. And then we did the math, and we're like, oh, my goodness, we're within a couple units. Got it. Okay. So it and we were trying to just keep moving quickly, so it was like, all right, let's go that way. And then we started looking at the density and the standards and, a, and, and realizing we had our math a little bit off. Um, we are using the special legislation for the food bank. So mm-hmm. we have Sorry. sent that draft res let me just it's not related to this project at all it's a completely separate project but um we have sent the draft resolution to hcd for the food bank which is now using the alameda special legislation because they have a whole bunch of questions about it and i think and what we believe is going to happen let's just go ahead and go through it with hcd for the food bank and then for every project after that hcd is gonna be like oh yeah we know how this works there's like six criteria that they need to check for that and a lot of it's just giving them the background information about our settlement agreements and our you know there's just a bunch of things outlined in that legislation so that's kind of where we're at
8: okay that context helps thank you
10: before uh board member
0: ruiz i want to acknowledge that board member riza did join us a couple minutes ago oh. thank you i apologize for being late yeah um, no problem board member ruiz
2: Of course. Thank you for the presentation. Just a few questions. Um, One, um, does the additional unit change the overall unit count for West Midway, and was this still
10: under the overall CEQA analysis? Yes. Okay. We made findings for this increase Mm -hmm. um, using the same findings. So we have made CEQA findings for this increase. But, um, you know, essentially we're taking a, you know, the West Midway project is still 478 units this project is going from 309 to 332, so we're adding 20 units to a 700-plus unit project. And in terms still,
2: of that doesn't change the overall count? I thought...
10: It does change the overall it count. It does change, it the, does overall change the overall count. It does change the
2: overall count. But is, it's still
10: under... We are using the same findings, the basic CEQA findings that we used in for the original project that went to Council in July, and what we're using tonight for this amendment is the same basic findings, which is, We have a plan for Alameda Point. We did an EIR for 10,000 more jobs and over 10,000 more housing units over the next 20 years. And the July plan and this plan in December both fit within that envelope. So it's basically the same exact finding, but you are technically making that finding again tonight for the new project. So each time you make a decision, you're making that that same finding again.
2: Okay, and then on on the calculation. Thank you for giving us the reason on why mm-hmm. why you need to come back for these additional units. You mentioned that you we were miscount calculated and including the manager units, but I have a hard time seeing that we're increasing twenty three units just because of that. But that's just part of the error, or
10: yeah, to get to forty per, when when you add up. So you don't towards forty percent. You can't count any of the moderates.
2: I see. It's you the moderate can't count unit, any of not, those. The, you can't it.
10: count any of the market rate of course. and you can't count the manager units.
2: Okay so, so but the manager you, unit is not 23.
10: yeah. so unit. when you add up all those things you can't count got it. that has to be no more than 60 percent of the total number. So got it. that's well you Thank can you. see why, why I messed yeah. up the math originally <laughs> yeah I was like it's kind of confusing. You said
2: manager units, but there's 23 <laughs> we have 23 manager yeah, yeah, units. Yeah. No, like,
10: no, mm-hmm. no 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 the number of manager units will stay the same. Got it.
2: Thank you.
0: ANY OTHER QUESTIONS FROM BOARD MEMBERS? BOARD MEMBER WANG?
4: YES, SO um, DOES THE INCREASE TO 332 UNITS AFFECT THE FORM OF THE PROJECT COMPARED TO
10: IT'S PREVIOUSLY CONTEMPLATED? NO, AT THIS POINT WE'RE THINKING THE the BUILDING FOOTPRINTS STAY THE SAME, THE BUILDING HEIGHTS STAY THE SAME, THE AMOUNT OF OPEN SPACE STAYS THE SAME, EVERYTHING STAYS THE SAME. THE WAY THIS PROJECT WILL, YOU KNOW, WITH ALL THESE PROJECTS, THE NEXT STEP WILL BE um, DESIGN REVIEW. Um, the way design review works, in this case, a 100% affordable project. So in this case, it goes to staff for ministerial design review against objective standards, much more expedited approach dictated by state law. But what staff will have to do is compare it to the approved development plan. It'll be four separate buildings probably over the course of the next eight years. So we don't know exactly how many units are going to be in the first building. A lot of it depends on their ability to raise the public financing for each building, as well as changing things, but the goal is get 332 units over the four buildings. So what will happen, first building will come in, it's 100 and odd units. OK, that's within the 332, meets objective standards. Great, here's approve you build it. So if there's going to be any issue, it'll be at the, with that fourth and final building, eight, nine years from now. Six, seven, if things really go fast. Um, you know, if it goes, if it ends up there over that 332 number, then they're not going to be eligible for ministerial design review. They'll be coming back to the, to the, to the board to say, hey, we want to do design review for this building. It's a little bit bigger. Then when you add it all up, it's more than 332. So um, if, it's, if it's less than the 332, then that won't be required. Did that answer the question?
12: Yeah, thanks little, very much. I got a little yeah. lost
10: as I was going there.
0: Any other board questions? Yeah, I did have a question yeah. for a and this kind of follows up on the two questions already been asked because I had similar kind of questions. So I, I I, under, I got got it that the footprint, or not the the footprint and the size of the buildings aren't being changed at all, and the, the only thing that's being changed is the density, and there is an increase in u- overall units. So is the anticipation in order to accommodate? additional use within the same building is that some of the larger units are going to sp- be split into two or what I, I know it's probably still pending you know I, I totally understand that I, but, uh, but is what what's the concept uh, on how those additional 23 units will be incorporated? We, in the existing buildings.
10: We have Mr. Biggs here from the collaborating partners, and I think he also some people from Mid on the phone. So I'll, I'll defer a little bit to them because they've probably thought this through more than, than, than I have. Um, but I think, um, you know, as you said, we, this, I mean, they don't have floor plans yet. They don't have, you know, the way this project is structured, um, they will be applying for funding, public financing for the first two buildings. It's, first, um, they'll be designing those buildings first, um, those buildings, and then, um, you know, and they'll be making adjustments based on when they design those buildings on their, their need and the, what's going to compete best for, for that public financing. So I'm not, I'm not sure they have the final answers yet, like how will this work or is it less? There's also, as you might remember, there was quite a bit of non-residential space in these buildings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, office space commercial space um, meeting space non-residential floor area so mm-hmm. the other thing that might change in their thinking from where they were thinking in 2023 to how they're thinking in 2026 or 2027 is about mm-hmm. the ratio of of non-residential space to residential space so but, I, but if you'd like i, I yeah,
0: would, yeah i'd be interested to hear realizing that you know Nothing's finalized yet. You still have to do all the detailed drawings, but conceptually, Certainly, what are I'll be you glad to answer of? that. Uh,
7: my name is Doug Biggs. I'm the executive director of the Alameda Point Collaborative. Um, also, uh, I believe Sarah McIntyre and, and Abby Goldsware are from uh, Midpen are also available by phone. But I could say that the unit mix uh, bedroom size is something we're constantly evaluating as we go forward because we have a dual. Um, kind of requirement. One is we have existing residents that we want to be able to move in there who are aging out, have disability. Their unit size is diminishing um, as they grow older. And we have, you know, a lot more homeless on the street that we're bringing in. So we're continually um, assessing the unit mix to make sure that we're meeting the future needs of of the coordinated entry system of bringing homeless off the street. We also do have, I mean, uh, my math is bad tonight, but, um, you know, we're looking at 30 units, not even 30, 20, 20 units, 21 units um, across four buildings. So that's you know, six, five units of, in each building. We have space in our existing buildings that could absorb that without having to change the, the footprint.
11: Okay.
0: Um, thank you, Mr. Biggs. Any other comments? Um, so at this point, open up for public hearing. Uh, do we have any speakers?
5: Yes, we have uh, two in person so far and one on Zoom. First speaker is Shelby Sheehan.
6: Yes, it is a historic district night, so I'm here speaking about a few things. So, um, I just wanted to uh, say that I, I know you guys are all volunteering and I, and I thank you for that. Um, however, um, it's very important to look at the primary documents yourself instead of rely on Mr. Thomas's assertions um, and look at them with skepticism. What I, I do request is that you look at the regulations including the Main Street uh, neighborhood plan the Alameda Point EIR and um, look at those compared to what the project looks like now. The uh, original project um, for Reshape was on a 10-acre parcel right next to Main Street. It was selected there so that it's eligible for grants. It had a a well-designed campus that a, a federal grant was given to them, and then When uh, the housing element was being developed, they just switched it all up. They provided no, um, the planning department provided no sufficient rationale and they came up with it afterwards they did it, after they did it. So um, the relocation, the location of reshape, the reshape parcel, the density and the number of units were all uh, codified in the Main Street plan. So in order to change any of that, it needs to go through an amendment because it is a, a regulatory requirement now. So moving it and, and all this increases in densities has not been approved. It, it, it shouldn't even go forward because the main, it's not compliant with the Main Street plan, it's not compliant with the Alameda Point EIR, and it's not compliant with the general plan either. Um, no emergency shelters are supposed to be at Alameda Point at all because of the standards of reasonableness, and Doug Biggs can speak about that. Um, the only sequence analysis that was ever done was when the den- when the number of units on both reshape and Southwest Midway was under 500 total. So 200 of them were the replacement units, and then there was about 300, 291 at, at West Midway. There was a reason for that. It's because this was supposed to be lower density and mixed use. Now both of them are just almost completely residential, so they violate the mixed use portion too. And then. Um, The buildings are taller and uh, the the reshape is now on a completely different campus. that isn't even designed well at all. Um, I wish I had more time to talk about it because there's, but I did send you guys a comment before the meeting and it it talks about that. The limits in Alameda Point are 425 total units. That's the only thing that's been evaluated. Even the general plan says I defer to the Alameda Point EIR. So between this unit and the the 500 units they added to Site A, completely out of compliance for the Alameda Point. And so I hear that Mr. Sow is a, sort of a secret expert, I guess, he should really look at this very closely and uh, there should be a pause on this until this can be properly reviewed. Thank you. Okay, thank
0: you. And I, I will acknowledge that we did receive a copy of your letter, so okay. we have it on record. Um, any other, other comments at this point? Our,
5: our next speaker is Doug Biggs.
7: Good evening, Doug Biggs, President of Alameda Point. I'm sorry, I got myself a promotion. Executive Director of the Alameda Point Collaborative, uh, here speaking on behalf of the collaborating partners, uh, APC Building Futures for Women and Children, which serves survivors of domestic violence, Operation Dignity, which would serves veterans. Um, this is really a, a, a fairly easy fix to, to help us achieve the goals of 40% that we wanted to achieve in compliance with. Uh, THE SLA ACT, AS YOU KNOW, ANY OF YOU THAT HAVE DONE AFFORDABLE HOUSING, MULTIFAMILY HOUSING, YOU WANT TO KEEP OFF OF HCD's radar AS as MUCH AS POSSIBLE BY TRYING NOT TO MAKE IT DIFFICULT FOR THEM BY USING THE SLA DESIGNATION. THIS ALLOWS US TO to GO THROUGH THE PROCESS MUCH EASIER. Um, WE HAVE HAD STRONG RESIDENT INPUT THROUGHOUT THE ENTIRE PROCESS FROM EVERY STEP OF THE WAY, FROM THE INITIAL DESIGN TO RELOCATING THE DESIGN TO GET A BETTER COMMUNITY, AND IT'S HAD VERY STRONG SUPPORT FROM OUR RESIDENTS. and it's the new design that we have. The new location has really been enhanced by a lot of residents. But to have new programs, better programs, more workforce development opportunities due to the closeness of the commercial uh, area next to us, easier transportation to schools. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, for the new members that are here, I did want to declare, you know, provide a little bit of historical context. I don't know the number of hearings we've had, but it's been a lot. But I do know that we went before the HAB twice. One was for a design review workshop in 2022, and another was to discuss the objective design standards. We have crossed every T, dotted every I, gotten as far as we've, we've, the DDAs and DAs have improved. We are ready to start this thing. Um, we're, we're looking to start in um, April, May, June at the latest. Um, and you know, By getting this final unit count, that'll help us much more when we go out for the financing application. So we strongly support your approving this change. Thank you.
0: Any other public comments?
5: Yes, we have one on Zoom, Sarah McIntyre.
9: Hi, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes, hello. Hi, yes, this is Sarah McIntyre. I am a senior project manager at Midpen Housing, um, working on the Reshape Project in partnership with the collaborating partners uh, and the city and Catullus. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, echo what Doug has shared, and um, echo our support of this amendment to the reshape development plan, since it will really support this project's execution. We're very excited to um, start applying for funding to make these projects a reality, and we support this uh, the amendment and the increased unit count because it supports Midpen and the collaborating partners' mission to build affordable housing, high-quality housing. So we're very excited. Um, with the support we received at the planning board last May, and we appreciate your support of this minor technical amendment to really allow us to move forward smoothly with HCD um, and to start securing funding to make this a reality. So thank you again. Um,
0: Thank you, Ms. McIntyre. Next speaker?
5: We have no more speakers.
0: No more speakers? Okay, all right. I think with that, um, I'll close the public hearing, but I want to give an opportunity, if staff so chooses, to respond to any public comments. I I will note that in my four years on the Planning Commission, this project has come to us on several occasions, study sessions, as well as actions on each one of the amendments. And so this is not the first time this project has come before us just one that's right that. and
10: just you know for for many members of the public who may be watching or not familiar this is a project that we we the city of alameda the alameda city council and the collaborating partners on the planning board have been working on for over geez, it must be over 10 years now so it's been a long haul there have been many many hearings um in 2022 um it was when 20, early 2022 where um, the City council had a, a work another workshop on it. Um, that's after going to historic advisory board, planning board. I mean just years of hearings um, where the council considered the idea of moving the campus um, with the new design that Doug just described. Um, we talked about it with the city council at that workshop. Um, and because it's talking about a different piece of land, right uh, city land, which piece of city land should the city Donate to make this project happen, um, and uh, and the council agreed with the rationale for the move, um, and then the planning board saw the development plans which you approved, um, and then the city council approved that the change in in the location based on their prior decisions over a year prior to their final decision in July. So, as this prior speaker said, uh, this is at this point. Um, the city of Alameda and the collaborating partners and Catalyst are going full steam. I mean, you'll start seeing construction out there um, in the next six months.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, I'm sorry, the public hearing is closed. At this point, uh, open up to comments from board members. If no comments, then um, a motion's in order.
2: Um, Before I make a motion, President Ha, may I Hmm? just um, ask that you remind the speaker that this is a public forum. Um, Please do not make accusatory or disparaging comments about staff and how they handle the procedures.
0: Yeah, that's a a good point. And please uh, take to heart the announcement we made earlier at the start of this meeting about proper decorum and regarding comments that are made. Uh, we don't tolerate any negative uh, comments to fellow board members or to staff, so we ask you to be respectful of your thoughts. Certainly express your
2: thoughts, but do it respectfully. Thank you. Um, I move to approve the um, amendment to the development agreement and increase the supportive housing from three hundred and nine to three hundred and thirty-two.
0: Okay. Moved by Board Member Ruiz to uh, approve Item Five B. I'll second. Okay. Seconded by uh, Vice President uh, Cenaros.
3: Can I just make a modification to the motion, if possible? Okay. Um, I just want to be clear and, and make sure that we also capture both the looks like we're also amending the development plan as well and so I just want to make sure the motion reflects that thanks
2: I accept the amendment okay
0: so so that's clarification we're uh, approving the amendment both the the development agreement as well as the development plan for clarification okay thanks for clarifying and uh, vice president Sons I assume you yes. accept the amendment Okay, all right, so we're ready to vote. Um, all in favor? Aye.
9: Aye. Aye.
0: Any opposed? No, no abstentions. So the motion passes 6 0. Thank you. Thank you, planning board. Thank you. Take care. We're moving on to item 5C, which is uh, regarding 800 West Tower Avenue. And this is a use permit, uh, a public hearing to consider a conditional use permit to allow the establishment of seven outdoor picker picket pickleball courts and an existing sport and fitness club located at 800 West Tower Avenue. So, uh, staff presentation.
5: Good evening, President Holm, and members of the Planning Board. My name is Brian McGuire. I'm a planner with the Planning Building and Transportation Department here to present um, the use permit for 800 West Tower, which, as you described, is a uh, proposal to add uh, pickleball courts to the outside of what we probably all knew as the balladium um, site. Um, Obviously, if you're familiar with the Palladium, it's located on West Tower Avenue um, across from the new Firebrand Cafe and the Admiral Maltings and Almanac sites on the north side of the Seaplane Lagoon um, at Alameda Point. Um, recently um, the uh, Building 40 op- occupied by Palladium Sports and Fitness Club since 2001. Um, is a the hangar is a contributing building to the north naval air station alameda historic district Um, it's located in the alameda point waterfront town center district um, and is classified as mixed use in the general plan land use diagram Um, this parcel is privately owned Um, the owner has recently partitioned the 110,000 square foot former hangar um, so that and leased uh, the north portion and the soccer fields on the west side of the hangar to one tenant called SoFive, and then um, tonight we're dealing with the other tenant, which is the hub pickleball, Um, and they are uh, leasing the remainder of the building and has taken over operations of the fitness center and added eight um, pickleball courts to the interior of the hangar, Um, and the the hub currently operates facilities in San Diego and Campbell, California as well. Um, just to look at the site plan here briefly, you can see they proposed to add seven pickleball courts on the east side of the building. The footprint of these courts is uh, roughly about a third of what the soccer fields on the opposite side exist. And the, the previous use permits for the site um, addressed the soccer fields, but did not um, in, you know, anticipate the, any exterior uses on this side of the building. So that's why we're here tonight um, the applicants requesting planning board of approval of a use permit to allow the establishment of seven outdoor pickleball courts um, in a portion of the existing surface parking lot the proposed plans attached to your staff reporters exhibit one propose enclosing the outdoor courts on three sides with a uh, seven foot tall chain link fencing with screening materials installed on the inside and outside surfaces of that fence um, it's approximately between fifty and sixty parking stalls that are being replaced. So, just to refresh, we got the uh, waterfront town center zoning here. It is mixed use in the general plan. Staff reviewed the application and finds that it um, is categorically exempt from further CEQA analysis um, based on two uh, eg- two categorical exemptions um, and. Uh, you are here to make the findings that it's uh, compatible use it's served by adequate transportation facilities Um, there are no adverse impacts to neighboring land and it is consistent with the general plan those are detailed further in the resolution Um, just to talk a little bit about the fence screenings a couple of examples they propose a seven-foot fence with sort of a um, Uh, plain screening on the outside and then uh, more of a branded screening on the inside as and these will also serve um, to help dampen some of the um, noise generated by the use it would just uh, highlight that the applicant the, the courts are, proposed courts are located at least 250 and 300 feet from the nearest commercial neighbors to the east and north. Um, additionally, staff is proposing limiting outdoor use to the city's typical business hours you see in a lot of uh, the city and other zoning districts from, from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, here in this image, you can see they have gotten a little bit of a head start laying some of the, the curbs and asphalt surface um, in preparation. Um, obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic resulted in big changes to consumer demand for large fitness center uses. And this is how the uh, the previous the owner is sort of adapting to the current conditions. Um, obviously, pickleball has grown a lot in popularity over the last few years. I'm sure um, you've all heard about it. Um, there's the limited courts we do have uh, are way oversubscribed in terms of their use. Um, So staff finds the proposal to create a large professional caliber facility at this site to have a number of benefits consistent with the Alameda Point Zoning and General Plan. No exterior changes are proposed to the building. The building is a contributing um, structure for the Alameda Point Historic District. Um, One other thing that's addressed in the resolution is just um, the applicant intends at this time to rely on existing fixtures which light the parking lot. Um, from the building, but if additional lighting is required, the resolution approving uh, requires them to come back with a lighting plan um, to be approved by the, at the planning director level before um, proceeding to building permits. And any proposal would have to be compliant with our dark skies ordinance. But at this time, they're not proposing any additional outdoor lighting. Um, staff's recommendation tonight is to approve The draft resolution uh, establishing seven outdoor pickleball courts, and we are here to answer any questions. And the applicant is also here, and I think may um, wish to just say a brief word.
0: Okay. Um, Maybe we'll hear from the applicant first, and then we'll open it up to board questions of both staff and the applicant.
13: Hi. Good evening, everybody. Um, Yes, Mr. President, it's pickleball. It's a crazy name for a fun sport, though, so I hope you all can enjoy it. Um, Anyway, my name is Pat Rolfus. I'm with the Hub uh, Pickleball, and we call it the Hub Sports Center here because we um, acquired the palladium and we rent the building. Um, We we kept um, all the fitness center there. We've actually expanded fitness within the facility. Um, We've invested about a million and a half dollars into the community and and to bring it back to life for lack of a better term and and upgrade it. So we're really proud of that. Um, We're excited just to be part of this community and we hope that um, adding, you know, pickleball um, is going to help bring more life to the point and and more fitness to the community. Thanks for having us.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, At this point, uh, I want to open up for clarifying questions. From uh, board members, any questions? Board member Ariza.
14: Thank you for the presentation, staff, and thank you. Um, I have a couple of questions. One is um, what is the reason for uh, needing a screen in the fence? Is there a reason or is this just a desire?
13: A couple of reasons. Um, one is for wind. Um, Pickleball is played with a wiffle ball basically it's a light plastic ball and in the wind it travels and carries and it becomes very undesirable so that's it's you know it's key to be able to get some wind on it or to control it Two, it, it does help with noise pickleball does have a popping noise now we're pretty far away so i don't think a noise is a huge element but it's nice to contain it three is the contained environment that it creates with um from the inside we, you saw we have pretty branding that we invest in, nice branding and sponsors um, that we that we have on our fencing that you won't see from the outside of the building, but you'd see if you were inside the courts. So it creates a, a nicer environment um, for the players um, from an aesthetic point of view, from the wind traveling view, from a player's perspective. Um, and so that's the, those are the main reasons why to do it
14: okay um so so to clarify then there would be a screen on the interior side of the fence
13: that's correct there's actually two screens one's on the interior side looking into the building so if you're standing on the courts you would see and if you um if you remember the slides that were up there was a blue blue pretty colored slide those you would see to the inside Um, and then on the outside of your standard Um, black windscreens that cover the fence um, because otherwise they and we wouldn't have to put them on the outside but we are going to invest the money to put it on the outside of the black ones that you see to the left there um, because otherwise uh, the one to the right where it says CRBN and the blue and we theme it per the the area by the way so I should have brought and I'm happy to I um, show you the the screens that we have, but we'll have the USS Hornet an image of that and the skyline an image of that. It's it, like here's this is our San Diego facility. So you're seeing palm trees and and we have one with the surfer and and mission Beach, and you know all sorts of neat things that we we do this in all our territories in Silicon Valley, we did the same. So we theme each one with the community that we are in because we're big in the community. The reason why we don't do it, or the reason why we do it black on the outside is otherwise it would be white. So aesthetically from the community, it doesn't look as nice to see a big white wall um, because the backside of that blue screen is white vinyl.
9: Um,
14: yes, thank you. I, I think, oh, okay, well maybe I can add my comments later, but my other question is, does the fence need to be seven feet tall? Is that also a requirement?
13: Well, the reason for seven feet tall is we looked up your codes and at seven feet tall, um, you don't need a permit for one, um, but two, we felt from a visual of the community to be able to see the USS Hornet. So we took pictures, I don't know if we haven't, and we presented it to staff. Um, of, so if you're sitting at um you know, the Almanac, you know, bar outside where people sit outside They're in the gathering areas, the bar and and I forgot the other name of the the place, but you, you can't really, it doesn't affect the view looking out, you know, past it because the fences are relatively low. We originally designed a 10 foot fence and then we made the decision to drop it three feet so it would be less impactful if you were looking through the parking lot and trying to you know see anything this particular area and how it's designed we tuck it up tight to the building that's why the fence is only three sides and we tuck the whole thing pretty tight to the building um but that's why that's why mm. we pick seven feet
14: yeah i mean I, I guess my recommendation would be to lower it even to six feet if if that was still possible for the use that it's being proposed the,
13: the no, excuse me, uh, the problem of lowering it further would be wind um, and would be the concern that people would try to hop the fence and, you know, safety reasons and everything else. So 7 is, traditionally they're 10. They're 10 feet high. So we've already, we made the decision without being asked to lower it to 7 already, which is obviously 3 feet lower than, you know, we'd like it. We'd like it. Originally we had you. it at 10. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
0: Uh, board member Ruiz.
2: Thank you for the presentation. Um, A few questions that I have. Um, I noticed that there are some existing fence on the slides. Was that from the previous use or did you guys start a construction already?
13: No, we and this is on me. um, We had contracted this with our our contractor already. We looked to see what the parameters were of um, building fencing and everything else. Hence the, you don't need a permit for seven feet. That's one of the reasons why we realized that. And we started, we contracted with the contractor to do it. Then we realized that that we were required a CUP. We weren't required the CUP. We went into this not understanding that we needed a CUP because we were told from the landlord who owns the building that we already have a CUP on the building. Um, but then we found out after the fact that the CUP didn't, even though we have outdoor soccer, it didn't include outdoor pickleball. That's why there's a bit of a head start with that. Okay. So it was a misunderstanding on my part.
2: Thank you. Um, second question is, I, I'm, I'm questioning the seven feet fence. As well, but for the opposite reason, because I'm a lousy pickleball player, but I do know that you need a fence taller than seven feet, especially the way I play. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm worried about bystanders in the cars and balls jumping the fence. Um, so I was wondering if seven feet is adequate. Um, so that's Want
11: me it. To
5: answer it real quick? Yeah, I just wanted to back up on the. Um the sort of the previous question um and and just to clarify there's there's lots of different rules and different they apply in different contexts so um any commercial fence any non-residential fence visible from the public right-of-way needs to be and this is outlined in the staff report needs to be approved Usually through either a use permit or some other design review or other planning entitlement. So that's one reason we're here. Typically, a, a fence seven feet or low is not subject to building permits. So basically, what you see out here in this image, aside from the temporary fencing, um, you could you know make an argument that there may be not anything you know that would tr- normally trigger a building permit yet, right? In this scenario.
2: Got it. Okay. Again, back to my height because most of the courts I play, they are ten feet tall, if not taller.
13: Right. So, a couple aspects of that. The traditionally, the courts um, that you play on used to be tennis courts, Mm -hmm. and so tennis courts, the ball travels higher, faster, and more dangerous because it's um, a tennis ball. Second of all, is that the distance between the um, center of the court in the back, we've added um, another f- two feet roughly of distance. So you, we could make, let's say the court is, the court's 44. So we could have made it 60, but we made it actually 64. And the, the value of 64 feet gives you from the baseline to the fence um, two extra feet, so 10 feet, so it's more enjoyable to play on and less risk of running back and hitting the fence. The other advantage that it does for us in your particular question, is that it's harder to hit the wiffle ball even further to go further back and up high. Yeah,
2: because it doesn't bounce.
13: Because so, it doesn't bounce. Yeah.
2: okay. And then um, one, yes, one last question is, um, I noticed that there's no, is there any buffer spacing between the front of the parking stall and the fence? BECAUSE WHAT IS PREVENTING ONE BAD DRIVER FROM HITTING THE FENCE? ARE YOU PLANNING TO INSTALL WHEEL STOPS on those, IN THOSE PARKING SPACES?
13: WE AREN'T PLANNING IT, so, so, SO IF YOU LOOK AT THE PARKING, THE WAY THE PARKING GOES, i'm going to just use my fingers it's going to point this way right. towards the building you mm-hmm. know the tech up next to the building right mm-hmm. so unless someone's going to just run directly into the fencing that would be difficult and then the same with the other way you're always going in so right,
2: you're going to you, drive
13: in and turn into the parking stall right so.
2: but when you parallel park i mean when you perpendicular park usually there's a wheel stop that stops the car from hitting the wall or hitting the fence.
13: Well, there's a curb in this particular case. We, we built a.
2: But your, the front of a car is in front of the wheel. So you will hit yeah. the fence before you will hit the curb.
13: So the answer is yes, it will. you That could happen.
2: Okay, thank you.
13: We, we don't consider it a safety concern, but it, yes, it could happen.
0: Any other questions from board members at this point? Yeah, I have a couple of questions, just real. Um, the black color for the outside, is that fixed, or can it be changed?
13: Um, it's consistent with, it can be changed. It's consistent with the, the, the one on the other side of the parking lot. And we were actually looking to put our logo in a couple spots. But it's consistent with the black windscreen on um, um, wind speed. I'm going blank on the name of the building next to us. Um, Brian, could you help me out?
1: Right speed, I think.
13: Thank you. So it's consistent with the color windscreen on on that building there. Does that make sense on the fencing there? So I didn't want different colors. We could have gone green. We could have do any color you want really but we could have gone green but we went black because the other side's black
0: mm. okay okay yeah
13: and we're hoping we're looking for it to essentially disappear you know mm-hmm. to be less intrusive is the goal
0: yeah hmm. i'm not sure black makes it disappear but anyway it's objective yeah. um the other question i have is uh in your application packet you i um, okay and um, first of all i acknowledge that residential uses are 250, 350 feet away. So it's you know, at least a block away. So mm-hmm. that mitigates the noise. But you you uh, state that the double screening that you're proposing were reduced to sound level by fifteen to twenty decibels. Uh, what was information was that based on? Is that based on some manufacturer stats or specs or um
13: is that in is that in, in the? Your, that's in, in, in your my, uh, so so i put the decimals in there so well um there are stats to that i'm trying to think of where i would get those stats. there are stats that we're not using any specific required windscreens we originally had spec'd it out but then once we did the dimensions of how different it was you can get you can get even more reduction of noise windscreen, um, but we didn't. We, that's not what we're specking out in this particular case. We're specking out traditional type windscreens, 100% vinyl windscreens on both sides, basically. So um, it'll help with reduction. I can't, so that's number, is shouldn't be in there because I, I don't want to state something that's not correct. No. Um, because we realized once we, after we built it or, you know, proposed it, then we started doing um, distance to see how far it is. And it's just, it's not close to anything, basically. So we're not, we don't feel that the noise is very high. And there's only seven courts. It's not Mm -hmm. a huge, you know, our other facility has 26 courts. I mean, we build large facilities.
0: Okay. Okay any more questions at this point? If not, I'm going to open up the public hearing. Or Do we have any speakers, thank staff? Thank you. Oh, thank you very much.
5: Yes, we have uh, one speaker, Shelby Sheehan.
0: Okay, Ms. Sheehan.
6: Hi, thank you, and um, I just would like to be allowed to speak freely, as is my right, and if I uh, contradict something that um, a public official says? I think that's okay too. It's not disparaging them. We are here to to ha- make sure everything goes by the regulations and is documented. That's and according to the regulations. So that's what I'm asking for. Um,
0: I, I just just ask. Certainly, you can contradict uh, yeah. staff or anyone or a speaker. We just say uh, be respectful of your disagreement.
6: Sure, I'm just not aware. of where I was disrespectful, but so moving on. Um I've always I, I think I called a couple months ago and said, let's put a pickleball court at Alameda Point because we have lots of room. So thank you. I don't use pickleball, but what a great place for it, sure. right? Right. I know maybe, huh? Um Bladium has always been a good neighbor. They they actually followed the permits a lot, and uh I know a lot of people like them. I'm not as exercisey as I used to be, but maybe I'll start playing pickleball. Um uh I think that Brian did point out, and with these questions, that there actually is a need for a CEQA review because of the new impacts. And also, if it's in the historic district, it has to have a CEQA review. And then it should also go before the have for a certificate of approval, right? OK, so I think it'll get it. Um, the one problem that I have is the same with the screening, is that um, the views are one of the character defining features. And Bladium previously had the fencing up, but they didn't have a screen and so it didn't block the views. Uh, I appreciate the plan, Brian, do you mind? Just because it's uh, got a setback. So that setback actually retains the view more than if you put it towards the front. So that's fantastic. I think that that this might even be able to get a certificate of approval from the HAB. Um, I'm wondering if they could do a 10-foot fence and just not have it screened because if you can see through the fence, then it doesn't obstruct the views. And that's what they have on the soccer field side. Or maybe a semi-transparent fence, too, might help. um, So those are my suggestions that might be possible. Um, Or maybe just part of it with a screen on it, you know, like just up to four feet, and then the rest, semi-transparent. There's ways you can work it out, right? Maybe it could be worked out. Yeah, so um, but um, and I don't know how much noise blocking it would need out there either, but I do appreciate the way that the applicant worked and, and Brian's work on it as well. I, I do think that there should be a CEQA review if you read the regulations and also, like I said, the historic district requires any infill project that's over, I think, half, half 50,000 square feet. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Do we have any other public speakers?
5: That was our only speaker.
0: Okay. At this point I'll close the public hearing, but before we open it up to board comments, I want to give an opportunity for staff to address the CEQA exemption because I believe this project was reviewed for compliance with CEQA and it's found to be categorically exempt, but I want to staff give an opportunity for staff to cover that.
1: Uh, yes, thank you. Um Steve Buckley, Planning Manager. Um, the CEQA exemptions are listed in the staff report and in the resolution, Um, and uh, the infill exemption and the existing facilities exemption um, could be affected if there were um, a historic resource that would be adversely affected. And what that means is if the building that is a contributor to the district um, were to be modified in such a way that it no longer conveyed its significance as a historic resource or as a contributor to the district. And um, in this case, our judgment is that um, adding a fence and um, uh, paving some courts would not adversely affect the, uh, the contributing building.
0: Okay, thank you, staff. And then the second question is, um, this, this proposed facility doesn't at all interfere with any designated view corridors, right?
1: Uh, That's right, there are some um, view corridors that are identified in the planning documents um, and the historic analysis that uh, come off of the major axes of the greenways within the um, Alameda Point uh, Naval Air Station. Um, This is off axis, it's already um, adjacent across the street from Um, other buildings. um, And so there is no um, corridor per se. Um, And as you saw, the majority of the parking lot is still um, open on both sides of the building. Okay. Yeah. Thank you.
5: I I just want to add to that. In terms of the view corridors that were adopted in the Alameda point towns waterfront town center plan um there's you know f- primary view corridors there's secondary view corridors. one of the view corridors that was designated like one of the minor ones which dead ends across the street from the bladium um what goes right through the existing soccer field that was there with a 15-foot or so high fence um, when it was adopted. It's, that, that plan is envisioning like these corridors designated to prevent sort of, it says where you can and can't put buildings, but fencing around these sites is you know, predated and has continued to, to be implemented um, post date. So the view corridors weren't sort of you know, um, speaking to whether you know, perimeter fencing or, or security fencing could be in place. Okay,
0: no, thank you staff for the explanation. SO OPEN IT UP RIGHT NOW AT THIS MOMENT TIME FOR BOARD COMMENTS. THE PUBLIC HEARING IS CLOSED. OKAY, BOARD MEMBER ARIZA.
14: THANK YOU. Um, I I HAVE A COMMENT, WELL, BOTH ABOUT THE FENCE AND THE SCREEN. I, I UNDERSTAND THAT CONSTRUCTING THE FENCE DOESN'T HAVE AN IMPACT ON THE BUILDING ITSELF, BUT I THINK because of the fence, we won't be able to see the building, the full building facade anymore the way we were used to seeing the building, which is the historic contributor. So at the very least, if the fence is going to be built, the the, the fence, um, in my opinion, should provide um, some enhancement aesthetically that complements the building. I understand that the applicant um, needs the screen for different reasons. One of them perhaps is the, the wind, and um, my understanding from his explanation is that that he needs it to have the sponsors um, on the interior side. But for the exterior side, I would say that um, ideally, my, my suggestion is that there's, my recommendation is that there is maybe also a print of some nature then. Uh, or either the, the fence is transparent and there is no screen. I don't know if that affects the wind um, negatively then. But um, if there has to be a screen, um, I think I, I would say a black vinyl is not ideal. Um, If there can be some printing, maybe there is something else that could be um, based on nature or some other image that could um, enhance the views from the outside since we won't be able to see the building anymore.
0: Thank you. Uh, Other board comments? Vice President Um. Cineros.
8: Yeah, uh, thank you uh, again for the presentation and the questions. Um, I had a similar comment where um, I, from it, it doesn't seem like it's right next to the um, saladrone fence. So um, I'm also concerned about just having a black wall. Um, and I think I, I like to also keep it at the seven feet so folks could still have the view. Um, so I agree with Board Member Arisa and uh, moving towards a more aesthetically pleasing um, exterior for, for the pickleball court.
2: So, Board Member Ruiz. Thank you. I can support um, Board Member Arisa's comments about uh, maybe adding screen prints on the outside that's reflected of the historic district. I think that's better than a black screen, um, and and I'm thank you for your explanation on the seven um, seven foot fence, and um, I, I think that's a good compromise, given that you have added the the extra distance to the court. Um, I am concerned about the lack of um, protection of, between the cars parked and the fence itself. I think uh, for the longevity of the fence, it's important that you add wheel stops on those um, spaces that directly in front of the fence. I think that will protect the car, stop the car prior to hitting the fence. Um, I think that's a, that's a ways to protect your investment. Um, so I would add that as a condition of approval.
0: Any other comments from other board members? Uh, board member, Sue.
3: Um, So I'll go a little bit of a different direction in terms of um, the the screening. I I, I do think black is probably not the most appropriate in this area, even though uh, I recognize that the adjacent property already has black screening. But I I do think adding it to this one will also kind of just start to create a a blocking effect. Um, So I I hear the comments about, you know, maybe it's a kind of a historical type of screening. I I think that that could work. Um, I think something else that I would also find acceptable is if you just took the screening that you were going to use on the inside and, and put that on the outside. Um, and the reason for that is I, I see that, you know, if you look across the street at Almanac and Firebrand and the Rake, like there's a kind of very kind of distinct uh, style for each of these uses. And it kind of creates this kind of exciting environment that's kind of visually appealing. And so, if you you add that to the outside, it kind of even gives you this effect of just additional advertising folks will be driving by and see, like, oh, what's that, and and hopefully pick up. I know I think some of your interior designs has, like, a you know, pickleball uh, racket or the ball itself. Um, and so that's something I, I'd be willing to consider that I might make a little easier in terms of not having to go and now find another design. You could just use what were you going to use on, on, on the outside. So that's um, yeah, that's my comment. Thanks.
0: Any other comments? I, I have a comment, too, uh, if I may. Um, you know, I, the black, you know, even though it, replicated someplace else on the site. I don't think that's a good excuse. You know, it's like, you know, agreeing dic- to lowest common denominator. Um, I do agree that some type of, some difference, I, I don't think it needs to be really bold design. I wouldn't want to see advertising after business on the outside either. So some more subtle, t- kind of more aesthetically pleasing fabric cover would be my suggestion That's in keeping with maybe it has some subtle, It uh, doesn't have to be you know, like screaming out, historical, but uh, I would like to see a more aesthetic treatment of the outside of that fabric. I'm not sure I want to see you know, the same kind of graphics as you're proposing for the inside, which is fine, and it looks very exciting, but uh, not for the outside. So however we state the amendment, perhaps, is to you know, work with staff to come up with some alternative more aesthetically pleasing design would be my suggestion. Um, and I, I agree with board member Ruiz, for your benefit, you probably want wheel stops because, you know, there's people who are not good drivers <laughs> and they'll just, just ram into your fence and you're going to just end up having to deal with dented fence, so I think uh, you might re- reconsider. It sounds like we're going to make an emotion, but you should, I think it's to your benefit to put some wheel stops there. but. Uh, at this point, I wanted to open it up for a, um, a motion. Oh, you have a yeah.
13: Can I get some clarity? Can I comment before you create a
0: motion? Well, maybe as we make the motion, we can try to clarify. Unless you have some, some specific suggestion you want to offer. Okay.
13: If at all possible, I'd like to. I don't want to waste your time. You're um, so I just want to be, be clear of what I'm hearing. So. So if it was, I don't want to say advertising, but if it was branded of of the location, if we added that to the the screening, is that acceptable? Like a repeated, so people know where it is. Because part of our issue is that the building has been separated, SoFi Soccer is in the front, and so they get all the branding on West Tower. And the Hub Sports Club is On the Bay side, and so, you know, part of our challenge is how do we how do we let people know that we exist back there because we don't we're not in the on tower. So, is that something that could be acceptable? Because that would help that would really you know help the confusion of where is the business in general, and I think would make it a little bit more aesthetically pleasing. Um, so I want to first start with that. Quick question. Yeah, I
0: guess a question for staff. Yeah. What, how does the sign regulations uh, apply yeah, so to something like
5: this? In, anything that would meet the definition of a sign, which using the branding of, of the business would, would be subject to a separate um, sign permit. So in terms of like the big picture design and screen of the screening material, um, you know, I don't think it, it would be hard to find it compliant um, with with the Alameda Point Sign Program. Um, but the staff can, you know, it's possible that you could incorporate some signage or some appropriate level of signage into something like that, but also look at some of the other ideas um, that we've heard here tonight as, you know, working with the applicant and staff to come up with an appropriate design. And of course, it would be, you know, we can include this in the resolution that, you know, any um, Change to the screening or the site generally, of course, is subject to the sign regulations, um, and and would require a separate permit.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You you know? and, and then
13: just the last question on on the um, the the wheel stops. Um, you know, my concern on the wheel stops, and I appreciate what you're saying that your concern of our investment of the fence and 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 from that aspect. The, the reverse concern is that, um, you know, if we push that back too far, and if we put add more investment into the property to be able to do that, so it doesn't hit the fence, I'm concerned that that pushes the the parking space itself um, further into the area where cars are going to be driving down. Um, so I don't want to. I don't want the, the parking spots go like this. People drive down and turn into a parking spot. The fence is here. My concern is I don't want to push this car too far out either. So I'm a little bit concerned. I appreciate your concern on, you know, your investment of the fence and in somebody potentially hitting that. Um, my concern is also I don't want to go too far out. So someone's, you know, tail end of their car is sticking into the into the right of way where they're driving down, either. So I'm, I just wanted to comment. Is that a requirement that you're asking us to do? Um, or is that a suggestion?
0: Well, well, I guess if I may, this may just stop. I mean, there's parking space dimensions that would be required an aisle width. And typically, the parking stall, the depth of the parking stall, includes the area in front of the uh, parking curb, right?
13: in which we are within those dimensions it it, it didn't change that those dimensions didn't change by putting this there
0: i mean what what it is is the 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 car when it's parked is going to be parked pretty close to the to the fence as it is it's just that the curb will be like 30 inches or two feet away from the fence
2: president may i yeah go ahead so the parking stalls needs to meet the parking regulation the wheel stop will be installed within that regulation. So okay. you will not diminish the parking stall. If the parking stalls are reduced to a compact space, the planner will require you to label those compact space accordingly. But the idea is if that is a legal parking space, which I assume they are, adding a wheel stop at the appropriate location will not diminish the, uh, those spaces, the usability of those spaces, because they are still a compliant parking space.
13: Yes. Well, th- they it didn't will change. Not, we 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 didn't touch the. Parking then it spot, will
2: not so affect yeah. those spaces. Yeah. Okay. And
0: parking
2: yes, parking. I'm asking you to put them as a condition of approval. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you
13: for the clarification.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, at this point, are we ready to entertain a motion? Someone. We'll want to propose a motion with the couple amendments we discussed.
14: Um, I can okay, do that. Okay, thank you. Um, so I would like to move to uh, approve the conditional use permit to allow the establishment of seven outdoor pickleball courts and building um, seven-foot-tall fence around it, with several conditions. Uh, One is um, to add um, the stops, the wheel stops for the parking stalls that are being affected by the fence. And then if there is going to be a screen in the fence, um, then uh, to work with staff so that the screen to the outside complements aesthetically the historic building either enhancing it or enhancing the site um, in some form, and it's not a black screen.
0: I don't know if there were any other. I think the only other suggestion from staff was that if there's signage proposed, it needs to comply with the city's sign regulations.
14: And if there is a desire from the applicant to add um, signage than to comply with the regulations as well, in, if, if there's signage in the screen. Okay.
0: Thank you. Do we have a second to that motion? Second, second. Okay, great. Sec- uh, Move by Board Member Riza, seconded by Board Member Sue. So, unless there's any further discussion, we'll take a vote. All in favor? Aye. 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 Uh, any opposed? None motion passes 6 to 0. Good luck on your pickleball court. It is a it's a very popular sport. I do know that. <laughs> okay, we're on to the last regular agenda item and this is item 5D and is a uh, LOCATED AT 700 ESSEX DRIVE, THIS ADMINISTRATIVE USE PERMIT AND DESIGN REVIEW uh, TO A PUBLIC HEARING TO CONSIDER an ADMINISTRATIVE USE PERMIT TO ESTABLISH PERMANENT PARKING FOR SMALL SCHOOL BUSES AND A NEW PERIMETER FENCE WITHIN AN EXISTING PARKING LOT uh, LOCATED AT 700 ESSEX DRIVE. AND uh, IT ALSO INCLUDES A DESIGN REVIEW FOR APPROXIMATELY 1,450 SQUARE FOOT OFFICE TRAILER AND RESTROOM. SO STAFF.
5: THANK YOU, PRESIDENT HOM AND MEMBERS OF THE PLANNING BOARD. AGAIN, BRIAN McGuire, PLANNER WITH THE PLANNING BUILDING TRANSPORTATION DEPARTMENT, HERE FOR OUR FINAL REGULAR AGENDA ITEM. Um, AS YOU SAID, IT'S A USE PERMIT AND DESIGN REVIEW. SOME SIMILAR ELEMENTS TO um, OUR LAST ITEM, BUT THIS ONE INCLUDES A DESIGN REVIEW AS WELL. Um, JUST TO FAMILIARIZE YOU ALL WITH THE SITE, um, THIS IS AUSD property um, and it's mostly the the site is mostly a parking lot across from the the current O club which is managed by ARPD mostly as an event site and for for ARPD programming um, and it's across the street from the bachelor's officers quarters to the south that sort of interesting looking um building below the red box here um the bachelor's officers quarters in this site um, were a part of a previous land swap with the city of Alameda for other land on Alameda Point that um, the district had and as well as this involved the Ensignal Terminals site as well as what became the um, Everett Commons site um, the affordable housing at Everett and uh, Eagle Avenue that some of you may have been here for um, when that was approved Um, and so that was a, a just a little background on that um we're here tonight for a use permit and design review so again we've got um fencing to deal with um so similar reasons why the fencing needs um that review um as well as the applicants proposing uh to add a couple of small modular buildings towards the center of the site um, to serve the use um we'll get more into that um the zoning here is Alameda Point Adaptive Reuse Subdistrict, um, also mixed use in the General Plan, like the Bladium site was, um, and also two separate categorical exemptions um, for CEQA, small structures and infill exemptions both apply to this project. Um, here's a image that shows the Naval Air Station Alameda Historic District. Um, just to sort of note that. In yellow here, you can see most of the site is um, covered in yellow, um, and the parking lot has no. Cl- some of the drive aisles of the parking lot in the center there have no color, but essentially this this space being used with this application is not a contributing um, space to the uh, Alameda Point Historic District or the Naval Air Station. Um, so, just wanted to make sure we were clear on that. The, the proposed site plan here shows, um, essentially, it's a parking lot for, for buses um, and some minivans, uh, and small school buses, um, and employee parking, as well as an office trailer and a bathroom trailer, um, like I said here in blue, in the middle of the site, single-story modular buildings. Um, the primary um, entrance to the site will be um, used via West Red Line, the gate to the north towards the Oak Club and the uh, applicant proposes to primarily use the Navy way or Main Street gate um, sort of uh, on the backside of the Navy base for most of their operations. Although some of their trips need to serve Alameda Point so they would um, travel directly to the east through the existing um, neighborhoods like the Main Street neighborhood and Alameda Point collaborative, et cetera. Of course, after design review approval, um, they will be subject. They will need to acquire building permits for the installation of the trailer buildings. Um, The buildings, like I said, single-story, modular, relatively low impact. Um, The Alameda Point adaptive reuse zoning here um, is an interesting use, interesting site. Staff determined that essentially this, this would apply to what here in the use table is parking garage or surface lot. It's also a little bit similar to the bus shed maintenance facility item just below it. Um, But the parking, like a commercial parking lot that is being um, operated as opposed to like surface parking for a residential um, property or something uh, is subject to a conditional use permit in the zoning. And just a one note of clarification the applicant has um, confirmed there's the existing, um, the, the original submittal talked about maintenance on site, but the applicant says that all maintenance will um, occur off site. Um, just to talk a little bit about the buildings, you can, you can see some, some example imagery here. Um, you know, utilitarian, not, what you see is what you get in terms of these types of modular buildings to, to serve this use. Um, a couple side images here just to show the existing fencing that was put in um, and the uh, office trailer is in place now. Um, the uh, I, don't, I believe the restroom facility has not yet been installed. Um, there was originally some, uh, a little bit of confusion with the site. School districts are often can exempt themselves from a lot of local zoning rules, um, but because this is not um, regularly serving students and staff, it is in fact subject to our zoning and our, um, the city's review. So um, they've been in operation since basically the beginning of the school year. Um, just talk a little bit about what they're doing here. Uh, it's AUSD serves about 1,200 of the I think 9,500 students in the district that qualify for special education services, and transportation services are mandated by the state law um, that the district needs to provide for students that do qualify for special education services, and that could go anywhere from you know minor to severe physical um, disabilities or learning disabilities. Um, and you know the code requires home to school transportation to the 20 ausd sites is all the ausd sites as well as 20 non-public schools um, for students who need to be served an example might be the california school of the deaf in fremont um, would be one place they might need to transport students to the use agreement between AUSD and zoom service is not what the planning board's here to review tonight you're here to review the design review of the buildings and the use permit and um, whether it meets the zoning Um, so i just wanted to to clarify that um, if there was any uncertainty we're not approving a contract or anything here this is just a a regular land use review Um, obviously since AUSD engaged in that um, agreement with zoom they've see- and sort of provided them space to as sort of a home base to operate um, on the island from. They've, they've seen much better improved on time performance which you can imagine is, is efficient, um, economical and good for the students they're serving. Um, in terms of general plan uh, and sort of city priorities. You know, our number one goal in the transportation element of the general plan is to provide for the mobility needs of all Alameda residents, workers, visitors, regardless of income, age, ability, or neighborhood. So staff really sees this as sort of a core um, meets meets one of our core priorities. Um, the improvements are minor, can be easily removed in the future, and will not have um, significant external impacts. Um, having it daily activity at the site might actually improve um, the properties you know formerly uh, somewhat derelict or sort of the property was not not really used previously um, in any significant way Um, it did serve sort of informally as overflow parking for the officers club um, but the again the property is owned by AUSD. it's not city property it's not um, part of any required parking that um, the officers club has or anything in fact There's a large parking lot on the north side of the Officers' Club um, that can serve the Officers' Club. It used to be Ferry Main Street Ferry Terminal sort of overflow primarily, but um, ARPD is working to sort of better uh, improve the wayfinding and the access to that lot. um, Now that this site is not, there's still a large portion that is not fenced if we go back to the site plan sort of in the top right corner of the image here. That area is still not fenced, and you know, sort of informally, people would still be able to park there at their own risk, of course, because it's not anything that AUSD is providing. It's just they're securing the, the portion of the site that they're using actively. Um, so our recommendation is to approve the use permit and design review um, with some conditions. Um, Obviously you have the design review that's required for the modular buildings. Um, The use is for the school buses, vans and staff parking, as well as the supportive uh, operations in the buildings. Um, They will need building permits. Uh, Like I said previously, perimeter fencing, um, it's approximately seven feet chain link. They need to keep it in good condition. They need to comply with the noise ordinance, dark sky ordinance if they propose future um, additional lighting. Um, and we also propose that they we 've done this with some other projects um, sometimes with bars or, or other other uses that they uh, follow good neighbor practices um, like providing you know a phone number on site that somebody if there's any issues they can contact um, with any activities going on of course they have to comply with our public works um, integrated waste and stormwater compliance and as always um, with the use permit you have remedies available if there are um, problems and and impacts that were unanticipated Um, for example they're always you know the planning board could always schedule a revocation hearing if there were future issues and i'm available to answer any questions and the applicant is also here to um, briefly address the board
0: Um, at this point would the applicant like to provide a presentation and then we'll open up to questions from board members to both staff and the applicant
12: uh, good evening uh, president tom and uh, board members and city staff uh, my name is uh, Shari khan and i'm the assistant superintendent of business services for the alameda unified school district uh, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to provide you some background information mr mcguire covered it well so i'll be very brief in my comments Um, I've been with the school district for about 15 years, and typically we have struggled in providing transportation to students who qualify for special education services. So when we signed this contract with Zoom back in January of 2022, following the lead of other school districts such as Brentwood Unified, we started exploring the idea of providing district space to, uh, to create a parking spot for school buses. Before this, um, uh, buses serving or vehicles serving AUSD were parked either in San Francisco or other East Bay uh, cities. Um, So, as I mentioned, I've been with the district for 15 years, and this was our best year ever in terms of on time performance, where students were uh, spent as little time as possible in school buses and got to school, uh, got to their schools on time. Uh, just a little background on the lot. Mr. McWire covered it pretty well. Uh, we received it as part of a properties uh, swap, I think going back 20, 25 years um, uh, with the Mastic Center. Um, there were some questions whether uh, this lot is exempt or non-exempt or what the situation is. So the district, the Board of Education did declare its surplus back in 2020. We went through a state uh, process of uh, declaring it surplus. However, since then, the board has signed an agreement with Zoom, and this, sur- this property is no longer surplus the district has used for this property. So um, uh, I'm here today to answer any questions. Uh, with me, we also have operations manager for Zoom, Matt Booth, and the district's uh, um, uh, general counsel, if there are any clarifying questions. Thank you.
0: Okay Thank you staff and thank you for the presentation. Um, at this point questions from board members? Uh, Vice President Saneros. Uh,
8: yeah, thank you so much for the presentation. Uh, just a quick clarifying question. Um, uh, the maintenance yard is going to stay at Singleton Avenue. Is that right and I'm curious why because it seems like there were issues and there was, that were, there was a reasoning or justification to move it to 700 EsseX.
12: That is correct. So the maintenance yard is going to stay at Singleton. Actually, the planning board approved uh, our plans for to add a warehouse at that location, which is uh, in the works right now. Okay,
8: thanks.
0: Board member, board member Wang.
4: Uh, Yeah. uh, Thank you, uh, Mr. Khan. A question for you or for staff, um, whether. one of you could elaborate on the process for pulling land back from the surplus designation
12: there is no specific process uh the land was declared surplus but since then the board found a use for that land and in an open regularly scheduled meeting um, signed the lease uh, for zoom thank you
0: Any other questions, Board Member Ruiz?
2: Yes. um, Thank you for the presentation, and I also want to thank the public for bringing this um, to our attention, so we know that it was already under use before, before um, that it was under our. So thank you for doing that. Um, Quick question. A few questions. One: Who is the applicant? Is it AUSD or is it Zoom?
5: Um, The applicant was filed by Zoom.
2: Okay. So, but it's
5: sort of a joint. Joint. Okay. Effort. No, I just
2: want yeah. to know who is the applicant. So it is Zoom. Okay. Then, um, second, is the land, is currently the site leased to Zoom or is it sold to Zoom? Is it leased,
12: right? Leased, correct.
2: Okay. Thank you. Um that's all the question. And that's all the question I have. Thank you.
0: Member Ariza.
14: Um, just a clarifying question. So the application is basically for the use as a parking um, lot with um, some supporting structures that will be modular buildings and the construction of the fence around it, correct? And it's kind of within a lot but it's defining a new shape of lot
5: yeah so you have with the fence you're making sort of a couple different sets of findings um with the use permit you're making the use permit findings because it the the parking lot use uh triggers the need for a use permit and then you're also making the design you're doing design review for the new structures um uh, and making the findings required to approve the those new structures which trigger the need for design review and as we talked about with the fencing, non-residential fencing visible from the public right-of-way needs some form of use permit or design review approval as well.
14: Okay, so the structures, those are coming right now for design review, the modular structures, the prefabricated? Correct. Okay, got it, thank you.
0: Any any other questions? Yeah, board member Zhu.
3: Yeah, sorry, I just have a question regarding um, so it says here you know, this is an administrative uh, use permit, and I just want to make sure I understand. Um, is what is the distinction between that and, and the conditional use permit? I guess here are, are the similar findings. Is it um, do they both require? It seems like they both require planning board approval. Since we just did a, a CUP, um, and so I just kind of want to understand what is the I guess distinction there.
5: Yeah, uh, it's the same findings. Sometimes um, things can be approved at a staff level on certain projects, staff might, you know, whether there's some controversy or some complication, or like in the case of tonight, it's like, oh, we've got a couple items that they are talking about, you know, uh, outdoor uses and fences at Alameda Point, which um, we're sort of trying to put the, uh, the wild, wild west days of Alameda Point behind us and, and bring them under a little bit more consistent uh, regulatory control by, by the city. Um, so the, the conditional use permit process it just is is essentially the same. It's just certain administrative ones can be approved at a staff level by the zoning administrator, um, but it, we've made the determination to bring this to the okay. planning board. Just one more question, if that's okay.
3: Yeah, uh, in terms of the fencing, will there be any, um, screening or is it will just be a clear chain link fence i don't know if i caught that
5: um the fencing's in place now there's not any screening um so it's it's uh currently translucent but there's not a condition um one way or the other on it at this time okay thank you
0: yeah just i just had a couple of real quick questions. i'll ask them both because they're pretty straightforward one is um i know it's not matter for this admin just permit, but I'm curious where will the maintenance take place for these vehicles That's question number one and secondly, can you clarify? Um, I, I know this is for like 58 buses and 20 some odd fans. What other clients will zoom be providing service to other than Alameda Unified School District?
15: Yes, uh, good question, um, Matt. With Zoom, um, the maintenance will be taking place at our San Francisco property because uh, we won't won't be doing any maintenance. Um, they'll be go- the buses would be going back um, to the facility to do the um, the maintenance. And then, what was the second question? I'm sorry.
0: Um, just, just what other agencies are these buses okay. expected to service other than Alameda Unified?
15: Yeah, just right now, primarily Alameda Unified. And we have a few other vehicles that service Oakland Unified, which is obviously right over there, so.
9: Okay,
0: okay thank you. Um, if there's no other board clarifying questions, I'm gonna open up uh, the public hearing for this item. Do we have any speakers, staff?
5: Yes, we do. Uh, first in person, we have Shelby Sheehan.
6: Okay, is Sheehan? You have the floor. Hi, um, I just really think this public hearing needs a lot more hearing from the public, Um, especially in this item. As you probably are all aware, I sent mountains of documentation and complaints about this. Um, I think I also think it's appropriate when you're asking legal questions, we should ask the attorney. Um, I believe that Stephen and and, Brian maybe don't know all the regulations out there because they're just doing what they're told. But CEQA, for example, you have to, if you're gonna do a CEQA exemption, you have to document why. And you have to give it to the public. So, and that that would be something that Celine Chen, as the attorney, should be answering because they can tell you whatever they want and it's based on their knowledge, but she, the attorney is supposed to know it. So um, I would defer legal questions to her and I would like to hear about it. You can't, you can't, you can't, un surplus a parcel just randomly, it's a legal requirement. There's a, it doesn't make any sense. You can't have it for a private vendor to their benefit, even if it's a vendor that the school uses. Um, it, it, the uh, monies, it, they have an $8 million contract with them. This is supposed to be a use permit hearing under the use permit conditions, which is completely different from the administrative use permit. It says so in the zoning, the whole thing's a mess. They hit it. I provided ample documentation that it was hidden intentionally um, and that that Mr. Buckley denied it in front of you that it even existed when the applicant had already applied. So there there is no mistaking about who needed a permit. That's just they knew from uh, August 18th, okay, which was right after they signed the lease. Um, I think Sharik probably knows you can't unsurplus, unsurplus something, and if you do, you sure you gotta have a letter. A sale and a lease are both disposing, so they're the same thing. Um, it, it actually, there's a cooperative agreement uh, between the Oak Club and the Oak Club. The uh, The city actually has an agreement with the school district to maintain the parking lot so they can use it for for their rec park facility. So um, there's a lot of stuff that's, that does not pass the smell test. And then under a use permit application, it it's very strict uh, the, also, the secret applica- hasn't been done on this at all. We don't have any documentation you're supposed to. And if they did, they would say there's impacts that need to be mitigated. And again, Selena Chen should be able to tell us if we do need to have a certificate of approval. All of these questions, you even with the other projects, they, they can be answered by the Historical Advisory Board. That's their job. So that's why they should get a certificate of approval. Um, the use permit says uh, it should only be granted when it will favorably relate to the other property with the intensities and uses that are the same i mean it's a commercial property um it does affect the existing use of the oak club i think i sent you materials people are overflowing into our neighborhood they're circling around and they only have 25 percent can it may i just extend my
0: you finish your sentence
6: thank you so the O-Club, it, it's having a real impact on it already and our neighborhood. And they're not going the right way. They're going through our neighborhood, even though they said they wouldn't. They had someone there at 10 o'clock at night yelling and, and a bus idling okay. Thank so 20 you. 20 minutes. Thank you.
0: Any further public comments?
5: Yes, we have a speaker on Zoom uh, by telephone ending in 633. I'm gonna allow you to speak. Can you please
0: uh, announce your name when you speak? Thank you.
16: Sure. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we do. Hi, well, thank you so much. My name is Carmen Reed, and I appreciate your, um, you taking my, um, my comments. Um, I just wanted to mention a few things. Um, I think that the design for uh, this, this parking lot and, and the fencing and the trailer, is totally inappropriate um, in that particular location. So especially as it relates to the very nearby historic district and especially the um, the officers club. And as many of you may be aware, if you have attended events there, it's a very popular venue. It's actually one of the very few venues that we have in Alameda that can that can accommodate a lot of people. It also has a commercial kitchen which makes it very rare in Alameda as, as you may be aware that, they, that the City Council recently voted about having a commercial kitchen at the, um, at the Veterans Club. And the mayor noted that the Officers Club has a commercial kitchen. So that makes the Officers Club very, um, you know, a very unique um, facility um, that can accommodate a lot of people and therefore they need a lot of parking. And you know, having um, you know the chain link, link fencing and that trailer is very industrial. And as the other, I don't know if it was staff members, since I'm on the phone, but someone mentioned the wild, wild west of uh, the of the naval air station. And it seems like that you know that this current design would just be perpetuating um, that philosophy. Of, uh, so my suggestion would be to number one you know, any type of trailer um, could be wrapped just as you, um, as one of the board members recommended um, the fencing over by the palladium to have some other type of design that has some nature in it. Um, well, that could also be achieved in, you know, with, with a good design, um, you put on the trailer, um, like maybe something with birds, nature, something that relates to the historic district, etc. Um, and the fencing uh, you know any type of fencing in that whole you know in that whole historic area should be uh should be really well designed i think that we that that you know anything that's visible should have um should not have the chain link fencing at all and um, if it must have it then i think that there should be landscaping like right in front of it to hide it, so that you know when people go to the officers' club, or you know as the base gets developed and people are walking around, that um, these uh, that, that that these areas are visually compatible with the neighborhood, you know, especially with trees, landscaping, etc. So those are my comments, and um, and thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Ms. Reed. Is that the last of the public comments?
5: there are no other speakers
0: okay thank you I think at this point I'll close the public hearing but I want to give an opportunity for staff or the applicant to respond to any public comments if they wish
5: I think I just one thing I, I would do uh, is just remind the board that we're reviewing the use permit and design review application we're not reviewing any agreements between ausd and zoom or any surplus lands act questions um are not before the board tonight those are those are dealt with by our partner agency ausd and and not particularly relevant to to the decision before the board
0: yeah yeah thanks for clarifying so um we're only dealing with the use which is the parking lot the fencing which is subject to the administrative use permit and a design review related to um to the um, the trailers or the containers or whatever they are modular units, right? Okay. Um, at this point, open up for board comments and discussion. No comments. <laughs> no question. Oh, no question? Yeah.
4: Yeah, uh, question for staff. Uh, is there a limit on the duration of this permit?
5: Staff did not propose any expiration of the use permit. It's a it's a allowable use um, within the zoning. So, it's it's maybe you know not going to be there forever, but it, the use permit is is not uh, is not proposing a expiration. Okay, thank
0: you. Board member Ariza,
14: I I don't know if this was explained, but I I would like to understand because I see that the the property line encompasses um, the area where the parking lot is proposed and other buildings. I would just like to understand what's in the other buildings that are within the property line that will be adjacent to the parking lot.
5: Yeah, I mean, I can bring the uh, site plan back up. Um, You know, in terms of, this use is essentially, you know, you've got the sort of drive aisle access, but otherwise, they're, the dark black line is fencing in a portion of the site um, to sort of. Protect- Provide security and control over over the the use by the applicant. The district owns the entire parcel, which is the entire block. Um, you, you can kind of see there's four um, what we call the FEMA trailers that we um, were installed during the pandemic on the site, so that uh, for some formerly unhoused um, residents. To the south, yeah, towards a a, sort of like a little pinwheel um, four trailers towards the bottom of the site here. Uh Um, You know, the the northern fence is about two hundred and ninety feet, give or take, from the street um, on on the north side of the site, um, which is towards the officers' club. but uh, you know, there, I, as far as I know, the other structures on the site, like in the bottom left, and then top left and middle, um, those are all unused in various states of, um, uh, sh- you know, amazing, you know, disrepair and need of reinvestment at some point in the future.
14: Got it. Thank you for that clarification.
2: That that was it. That's it.
0: Okay. Uh, board member Louise.
2: Um. So I. You mentioned that the, the main point of ingress and egress is where it says in and out, right? Um, but the black rectangular boxes are the proposed parking spaces, correct?
5: Uh, I believe so, yes. The, so, the buses are in sort of those larger diagonal spaces and then you can see the minivans right. and, and so staff parking. So
2: if I understand um, parking circulation, I would say your ingress should be from the left side and the egress from the to the right-hand side because then you follow the way, the direction of, am, am I missing, so why, why are we going? I, I'm confused by the circulation.
15: Yeah that's that's how we set it up. Um, the operations team at, at the site thought it had it's been easier to get in and out of that the top space there's a 20 foot rolling gate there so it's much wider and then the ones on the side um, are much smaller I think they're like 10 feet. So we, we do have multiple gates just in case that w- was an issue just um, but they have found that it's easier to go in and out of of that side up at the north part of the property
2: and then you will do your turnaround within your property correct okay Thank
15: there's you. there so yes there's not that many assets there mm-hmm. right now that's just if it were to grow so um, it's very easy mm-hmm. to to, to to move around within the parcel right now.
14: I have another okay. question, if that's okay. Well, I just wanted to understand the hours of operation.
15: Yes, typically just right before school starts, um, you know, before kids go to school in the morning, and then they come back around four in, four in the evening um, after the, the late late run to school. Um, so that's typically when it happens.
14: Thank you. Yep.
0: Just one quick question: uh, This proposed parking lot does not be displace any employee parking, or does it?
15: Um, our employees, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, no. Like all of our employees park on the property. Yes, correct. Okay, yeah. in different locations. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, this might be soon? a
3: probably question for staff: Is is um, how often is this property or was used for for overflow parking? And is there any concern that? You know, now that this is being taken away, that uh, you know, they'll have to find. I'm sure uh, there's a lot of land over there. So, but um, yeah, that's something I'm curious about.
5: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't have specific numbers on usage, but the Oak Club is a is a popular facility. I imagine it's used, you know, for a number of you know multiple events on a typical weekend. You know, whether it's weddings or parties or or other type of events so i think you know primarily the, the the peak periods would likely be um during the weekends um you know you would see that there is um i can yeah i'll show this um i can zoom in here there's sort of the the site was still uh is served by, like you said, there's sort of acres of, of uh, tarmac out there and, and surface parking lots. There's this parking lot on the north side, which we actually call the Oak Club lot, um, which typically was used for Main Street Ferry Terminal um, parking in the past. But ARPD is working on um, ways to, to sort of better utilize that and message that to their um, to the folks that, that use the Oak Club for events. And this section of this site will still remain outside the fence for the time being. It's not our property. It's not, you know, dedicated to use by the Oak Club, but obviously it's very conveniently located and um, there's nothing currently that stops it from uh, being used as sort of informal overflow parking. Uh,
0: Board member Louise.
2: Question for the staff, is AUSD responsible to supply overflow parking for the Oak Club?
5: N- not in any way, no. And the, there's no parking requirements Thank um, for any use. I just use wanted to know what a
2: AUSD's point. obligation in this situation is, and from my understanding, is they're not legally required to, just like as you're not legally required to give up your driveway to help other people? That's correct. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I think at this point, uh, if there's any other comments or people want to offer before we make a motion or yeah, someone could make I, a motion I just have
2: one more question. Um, are the buses allowed to idle on site? What is your idling um, regulations for the buses?
15: Typically, um, very low idle. The The drivers need to do a a um, pre-inspection of the bus, right? Because they're going to pick up children, they need to uh, turn the bus on, do all their checks around the bus, get back on. I will say that um, the buses on site are primarily gas buses. They're not diesel buses, which are cleaner for the environment. And um, in operation, they're quieter than diesel buses. So when you're thinking about these buses, you can think of almost like a. a car engine, if you will, because they're operated by gas and you won't have that big um, trucking sound with the diesel engine. So um, that's one of the, and, and there's many vans on the site, remember, too. So um, very quiet, um, very low idling, and um, gas is cleaner than diesel. So. Okay.
2: Then the question for, sorry, uh, the question for staff is, it, is it within this board's purview to impose a condition that no diesel vehicles? allowed on property? Is it within our purview?
1: I'd say generally not. Okay,
2: then in, in that case, is it within our purview to impose no idling in as part of the condition use a permit in case on the rare occasion that you just ended up with diesel vehicle?
1: Well, I think generally not. I mean, okay. um, vehicle code regulates how vehicles are operated um, i mean if if it were a nuisance in the sense of some sort of measurable emissions uh, causing pollution that would be a different story
2: okay thank you for clarifying the purview of this board mm-hmm.
0: maybe maybe for the applicant just because of the iowing question when you say they need to like you know turn on the buses check all the safety measures how how many minutes are you talking about
15: 5 5 minutes yeah
0: mm-hmm. okay Okay, board member Zaneros. Uh, oh, yeah, vice president. Yeah. No, no worries. Yeah,
8: yeah. Thank you. And um, uh, this line of question has me wondering: um, Does uh, Zoom have any plans of eventually electrifying um, the fleet, or slowly moving towards that? Yeah, that's that?
15: a great question. We do actually. Um, I can't speak to our leadership's like plan um, for electrifying, but yes, um, we're already. We service the neighboring district of um, Oakland Unified, and we're going to be um, putting EV buses into operation this year, and then uh, Mm -hmm. Alameda Unified shortly thereafter.
8: Yeah, and therefore that much more quieter buses.
15: Yeah, exactly.
0: Thank you. Actually, that's an interesting question. Maybe a question for the school superintendent. Is um, ASUD, Transitioning to establish a policy for yeah. electrical vehicles
12: um, actually EVs? In case of Zoom, uh, the district and Zoom um, together, we have filed application with EPA for grants to purchase electrical buses for Zoom. So we are their sponsors, mm. uh, okay. working with your CEO um, for, for an EPA grant.
0: Yeah, that would be, I think uh, yeah, that would be wonderful.
12: Words,
0: yeah, sure, if you want to add
15: something. No, didn't want to add anything. I'm I'm sure they're talking at a higher level than me, but I know it was in the cards to to uh, electrify the fleet. So yes,
0: okay, that's good yeah. to hear. I think at this point, if any other questions from board members, um, entertain a motion.
14: I can do a motion. Okay. Um, uh, so I would like to. Um, move to approve the administrative use permit to establish a permanent parking lot within the property that belongs to a USD, um, and that will be defined by a new seven-foot tall fence, um, and uh, we'll have um, uh, two permanent structures, I believe, that are modular buildings. Um, were there any um, conditions for the approval besides? Uh, for,
0: first, well, first, we let's have a second to the motion first. If there I is second there, the motion, okay. but I do
2: have a question for Board Member Wayne. Okay. Would you like to? Are you entertaining on imposing a limitation on the conditions the use permit?
4: No, it's just a clarification
2: question. Okay, thank you. I, I second the motion.
0: Okay. So motion has been moved by board member Ruiz, SECONDED oh no excuse me. Board member Reza seconded by board member Ruiz. Um
3: excuse me, and I, can I just clarify that I would like to modify the motion to add the design review approval. Sorry. But just okay. to be clear that we're also doing the design okay. review as okay. well. well. Thank yeah, you. So we're
0: assuming WHEN YOU WERE DISCUSSING THE TWO BUILDINGS that included THE DESIGN REVIEW, RIGHT? SO JUST TO BE CLEAR, YEAH, uh, WE'RE APPROVING TWO APPLICATIONS OR TWO PERMITS. THE ADMINISTRATIVE USE PERMIT FOR THE PARKING LOT AND THE DESIGN REVIEW FOR THE fence AS WELL AS THE MODULAR STRUCTURES, RIGHT? YEAH. AND, uh, and THERE'S A FINDING THAT THIS PROJECT IS CATEGORY exempt PER THE MEASURES YOU MENTIONED. OKAY. Um, WITH THAT, IF NO FURTHER DISCUSSION, Let's kind of vote on this item, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, item is approved six zero. Thank you very much for coming and your patience tonight. So let's see, moving on, staff communications. So item six A, this is an opportunity for, to discuss or mention any planning, building, and transportation department recent actions and decisions.
1: Uh, YEAH, the, THE ATTACHMENT IN YOUR PACKET uh, INCLUDES FOUR PROJECTS THAT WERE RECENTLY ACTED ON FOR DESIGN REVIEW AND CERTIFICATE OF APPROVAL. AND uh, NOTHING REALLY TO ADD. Uh, THEY ARE SUBJECT TO APPEAL OR CALL FOR REVIEW.
0: OKAY. OKAY. AND LET'S SEE, ITEM 6B IS oral REPORT ON FUTURE PUBLIC MEETINGS AND UPCOMING PLANNING, BUILDING AND TRANSPORTATION DEPARTMENT PROJECTS. So wins our next meeting
1: yeah so um just wanted to mention um we did have a a tour of alameda point as well and some other development projects around town and um, thank you for those who were able to make it and i hope that was informative um, especially for a night like tonight where we're dealing with those kinds of projects um our next meeting is january 8th and I will be bringing back some ordinance amendments, um, the subdivision ordinance, as well as those other amendments that you've seen before, the fences, reasonable accommodation, and non-conforming uses. Um, and then we'll also be meeting uh, later in January, uh, looking at possibly an assembly use on Park Street. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, also, it was suggested that maybe Now would be an opportune time to take uh, action on those minutes, since you now would have a quorum. Oh
0: yeah, Um. (laughs) good suggestion. Yeah, we'll we'll move back on up to the approval of the minutes, which is item four A, the consent counter. But but before we do that, I just want to commend staff. I went on the tour last Friday, and it was very well organized very informative it was nice to see inside some of those buildings amazing structures i've only seen them from the outside primarily but uh, i hope they were able to find some wonderful uses for those buildings
1: but agreed uh, yeah
0: well thanks for the reminder staff we'll go back to considering um, the consent calendar item 4a which is approval of the draft meeting minutes for october 23rd So, any changes at all? Uh, Entertain a motion for approval?
8: Um, I'll move to approve. Okay,
0: Vice President Ceneros. And I second. Second by Board Member Ruiz. All in favor? Aye. 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 I assume no. Any abstentions? Two abstentions? Okay. Thank you. So, it's approved. Thanks for reminding. Mm -hmm. And then we're towards the end, so board communications. Um, Any announcements from board members or any other comments? Okay. And non-agenda public comments. This is an opportunity, a second opportunity for anyone to speak for three minutes regarding an item not on the agenda. Do we have a speaker?
5: I do believe we have one. Uh, Shelby Sheehan.
0: Okay. Ms. Sheehan. The floor is yours.
6: Hi. Again, I'm just going to speak in general um, about the process. Um, It's really disappointing that um, I was unable to respond to some of the things that um, the staff talked about and um, that my time was so limited. I was also disappointed that you guys don't know the laws that you're enforcing or not enforcing um, and that Selena did not give her legal authoritative opinion and instead let Stephen and Brian and the applicants Give their opinion, which is not a, a, a legally briefed opinion. Um, for example, the historic the hangars, um, they are the one of the historic characteristics is to not have anything on the exterior. Fences alter the historic character of the hangar fences. So, the historic advisory board again is the per, is the body that is authoritative on that. Anything they say. Even anything I say, anything someone told you, even maybe even anything that Selena tells you is not authoritative. Every single one of these projects required a certificate approval according to the Alameda Al-Mu- Municipal Code, according to the historic guidelines, according to the Alameda Point EIR mitigation and monitoring plan. Anything you, and it, every new development, infill project included. And you cannot make a CEQA Sorry, I'm getting nervous. A CEQA determination, unless you provide the documentation. That's what CEQA says. Sequa, right? Um, Selena Chen should be able to advise you about that. Um, it is really disappointing that you're making um, decisions without knowing the law, and um, that, that, w- that resulted in some wrong decisions tonight. And uh, uh, as about whose responsibility is there, there, there. In the historic district and often with AUSD and the city, they have cooperative agreements where you can use my land, I'll use your land. And uh, some of them are more formal than others, but there is an existing contract to maintain that parking lot for the Oak Club. So the Rec Park District and and the district do it and the school district do it all the time. Secret determinations, you needed to review the secret determination Sorry, that's not general. So the planning the, the planning department has to re- review all the secret documents on anything, or whatever they say is illegal. So if it if the, a property is actually surplus or not, it's very relevant to to it. And then uh, you know finally, I'll just say this is supposed to be a use permit uh, uh, approval, and uh, you did not follow the use permit process. Which it doesn't matter if you have permission or not or whatever, if you have an existing use and it is in use and and the proposed project disrupts that use or disrupts the neighborhood or um, is not compatible, that's the reason it has to be exceptionally acceptable to approve a project like this. It's not an administrative hearing, it's a use permit hearing it says. So in all the documentation, except for what was put forth tonight. So I'm really disappointed.
0: Thank you for your comments and your opinion. Um, I know the CEQA analysis is included in the staff report for category exemptions. Um if not just the result not the documentation of how the oh, Okay. So at this point, let's see. Yeah, we're at um, at, at adjournment. So meetings adjourned at nine twenty-four. Thank you, everyone. And, oh, before everyone have a wonderful holiday period, we'll see you next year. I can't believe it's already the end of the year. <laughs> Thank you. Okay.
2: And happy holidays,
0: everyone. Yep. Yep. Thanks. Thank
2: you.
6: See you 2024. 20, <laughs> yes. Yes.